You're listening to a Tiger Hall podcast. For more interviews with many of the world's most inspiring business leaders uploaded daily, download Tiger Hall from the App Store or Google Play. These five things in a way are your luck surface area. The more you can expand these five, the more you can learn, the more relationships you build, the more you simplify your life, the more you keep showing up, you're increasing your chances of being lucky in life. Tiger Hall is all about access to success. And today we're in the Tiger Hall with Puneet Chandok, president of AWS for India and South Asia. And that's precisely what we're going to talk about today with you, Puneet. Because you usually say that success is five things multiplied by the part of luck or racing to the bar of luck. And when you talk about this, when we speak about success in general, what kind of success are we referring to here? Because that tends to be sometimes a very narrow definition and people have different kinds of definitions. So starting off, I would like to hear What's your definition of success? Nelly, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm just absolutely thrilled to be part of the conversation today. Uh, it is raised to the power of luck, not multiplied by, by luck, because I do believe luck has a disproportionate impact on our lives. Uh, but it's not all chance, right? Luck is not all chance. And there's a way you can work your way towards being luckier in life. But back to the definition of success, uh, I fully realize it's personal and contextual. Uh, but the simple definition that I like to work with is uh, Success is when you know what you want from life and you're actively pursuing it. Mm. Let me say this again. Success is when you know what you want from life and you're actively pursuing it. And let me unpack the first part of this conversation, which is the first part of this definition, which is when you know what, what you want from life, because that is really the trickier part. And self-awareness, it starts with self-awareness, which I believe is the most underrated superpower in the world today. Your definition of success has to start with a deep understanding of who you are, right? mm. what your anchor in life is, what are you willing to sacrifice and for what? And self-awareness has never been easy, right? It just—it I think it was Josh Billings, if I remember correctly, who said, uh, it's not only the most difficult thing to know oneself, but the most inconvenient one too. And as you start looking within, at least the three questions that I constantly keep asking myself, and I'll, I'll urge all your listeners to ask the same questions. I think the first is, what are the skills and capabilities? What is the value that you bring to this world? And not just today, what could it be, right? It, it's not possible for the world to hold a meeting and decide your value. That decision is yours. So you have to start there. The second question I ask myself uh, when I look within is, uh, what does your peak look like? You typically have to leave a lot of room for improvisation because we'll all learn, we'll pivot, we'll change. We'll all wander through our lives. But having some sense of a true north provides an anchor in life, right? And uh, and this has always helped me. Mm-hmm. The third question I ask myself is, uh, what is a unique outcome that makes sense for me? And you have to think deeply about this, right? What's your primary metric for life? Is it wealth creation? Is it vanity Is it social change? Is it professional growth? And it may very well change with where you are in life and what stage you're in, but you have to be conscious about it. Right? And the reason I'm emphasizing on these three questions is, or the reason I'm emphasizing on looking within is because I've seen many, many people in my life who've pretty much spent their whole lives climbing the ladder of success and then realizing once they reach the top that the ladder is leaning towards the wrong wall mm. or not leaning anywhere at all. Right? <laughs> and uh, don't be that person. That's a very good analogy. You climb the entire ladder and then it's leaning towards the wrong wall. That's that's very true. And most people spend most part of parts of their life trying to figure out their true north, right? And you have another podcast on principles where you go a bit deeper into that as well. And I very much agree, like when it comes to success, I usually look at it as being able to do what you want to do, but also in the way that you want to do it. So designing the kind of life that you want to have and uh, and what you want to do with it. So when it comes to these five things that you can do to raise to the bar of, of success, like what are these five things? 
Again, in, first of all, in full disclosure, this is just my my formula is this nerdy take uh, at what it takes to be successful in life. I don't recommend this is the only way to do this, but this seems to work for me. So the success of growth, growth flywheel, flywheel, as I call it, uh, it has five components raised to the power of luck. Uh, it starts with a growth mindset. You then bring in what I call purposeful learning. Then comes relationships and both the depth and breadth of your relationships. Number four is constantly simplifying your life. Uh, and you do this through principles and habits. And then finally, just having the courage to keep showing up even when it hurts. And you bring these five things together and you raise them to the power of luck. Let me unpack each of these five for you because uh, because they are they are quite tricky. Yes, please. The first one is growth mindset, as I said, right? And the fundamental premise of a growth mindset is that nothing is fixed. Nothing is carved in stone, right? What you are, your intelligence, your learning capacity, your identity, your emotions, all of these can be and need to be worked on all the time. Right, So you've got to be very careful of the identity that you developed and the stories that you tell yourself about what you're capable of. Right, So that's number one. Number two is purposeful learning. And I think we all believe we all learn a lot. But my, my belief is that learning today is really misunderstood. Mm. Right? This illusion of competence and learning is more common than you think. Right, And learning is not about an odd book here and there. Right, It, it is much more powerful than that. And the way I think about learning is what I call a learning loop. And it starts with a learning loop typically starts with an experience, right? And the more diverse or the more dramatic uh, or the more interesting the experience, the better it is. But it starts with an experience. You then have to reflect on it, right? You have to take a step back and think about it. You need to create the space to think and reflect on it. Both the topic or the insight that you're kind of reflecting on and, and, and you need to breathe a little. Right? And this space is not an indulgence. This is This is part of the learning process. Number three comes abstraction, right? This is when you again take a step back and this is your ability to synthesize, right? Get to the real lesson or the so what. And this is where you move from hacks in your mind to principles or mental models. I think the, the one thing that I try and remind myself is that knowledge just does not need to be durable, right? It's not about just remembering more and more. It needs to be flexible. It needs to be both sticky and capable of broad application, right? And that's why mental models are helpful because they help you match your mental models to new problems, right? And you're not building a garage of ideas in your mind, right? You're building tools or you're developing tools that can help you crack problems, right? So I think abstraction is important. And then finally is action, right? Which is you have to test your learning, right? This is when you road test your learning and you have to be open to changing your mind, but but you have to figure out a way to test it and and then further improve on it. So that's that's a little bit of just the, the learning loop. And when you're learning, you'll encounter difficulties, right? And that's okay. Frustration is not a sign that you're not learning, but ease is, right? So frustration is okay, but you have to go through this loop to really learn. Number three is relationships. And I'll tell you a story on this one. One of my mentors many years ago asked me to write down, um, and he said, uh, write down the 10 relationships that matter most to you. And the exact phrase he used was, who would you call when you're in real trouble? Real trouble. So I wrote down those 10 names and um, he then asked me to write two columns against each of those names. Uh, the first one was, when was the last time I meaningfully engaged with this person that I believe I have a relationship with? And the second question was, how am I proactively adding value to their life? Mm. And believe me, this was a classic looking in the mirror exercise that I did not like even one bit. Because out of the 10 people in my really, really important list, there were only three that I was really engaged with if I was being kind to myself. And there was only one where I was proactively and trying to add value. Right? And the irony here is these were the relationships that I believed mattered to me most. And these were the deepest relationships I have. But uh, when I really did this exercise, it, it just became a lot more clearer to me that I need to really invest in these relationships. Right? So I would highly recommend this exercise to, to all your listeners. It's a great parameter for the depth of your relationships. 
uh, and which ones are really real and important. The other thing on relationships is the breadth, right, which is uh, the diversity that you have in your know, relationships, right? Are you able to step out of outside of your eco chamber and allow yourself points of views that are fundamentally different to what you believe in? People who will challenge you, people who will point out your blind spots. So I think it just it's really important to think about both depth and breadth. So have more serendipity in, in who you know, right? You'll be surprised by when you spend time with people outside your eco chamber, that really stretches and stimulates your thinking. So that's relationships. Fourth is simplification. And given how life is becoming more and more interesting and complex and dynamic, right? You can choose the way you want to describe it, but you need a way to focus your energy and mental space on things that truly matter, right? You have to use your mind to think, not just as a warehouse of facts. And that's why simplification is really important. And I do this in two ways. There are many ways to think about this, but the first is principles. Principles are macro level beliefs, right? They guide hundreds of small decisions, they allow you to live your life according to your values, literally based on what you value in life. And it's not a roadmap or a plan, but it's almost like a personal constitution or a compass, right? But uh, principles are important. And then equally important are habits, right? And those are the real moments of truth. And one thing I realized is that there is there are no defining moments in life, right? There's no blinding insight that will suddenly transform me or improve me. What will make me better is small, consistent improvements on a daily basis. So you have to be conscious and concerned about your daily habits. Are they taking you a you towards the person that you want to be and are you really focused on your current trajectory and then the fifth and the last is just showing up uh, now this is the discipline of not selling yourself short not giving up even when you have fears of failure and you feel you're out of your depth or you have uncertainty around you and again this is more common than you think right i think i've seen many more people fire yourself or fire ourselves a lot more earlier and way before others even have a chance to think about it and I would suggest a couple of things to kind of think about this and keep forward momentum and not give up. One is, it's really important to not believe everything you think, right? Who are you beyond the stories that you tell yourself in your head, right? What are the five stories you've been telling yourself all your life about yourself? Write them down and just kind of uh, brings a lot of clarity. Second is action, which is action always cures fear for me at least. So next time you experience fear and you're about to give up, steady yourself, right? You isolate yourself, pin the fear down, take some action, right? And courage is not the absence of fear. It's just doing it anyways, right? And it just takes practice over and over again. And then when you're showing up, uh, it's not just enough to show up. You have to show up well, right? Being enthusiastic is worth 25 IQ points. Life it up in everything <laughs> you do, right? It's just your handshakes, your smiles, your talk, your conversations, you have to, you have to show up well. So that's, I mean, if I bring these five components together, Success truly can be a flywheel, right? Because it's each of them, which is growth mindset, purposeful learning, depth and breadth of your relationships, constantly simplifying life, and then showing up, they'll all work as a virtuous cycle and you'll build forward momentum, right? And as this flywheel spins up, you'll increase more and more opportunities in surface area for both learning, which is what you know, and relationships, which is who you know, right? And very early in my life, one of my mentors told me that uh, it is very difficult to fail in life if you do two things, only two things constantly learn new things and build relationships. So mm -hmm. that's my simple formula for success. And I call it the success flywheel. One question on this, though, like, Puneet, what do you think of when it comes to relationships and habits? Because these are things that people in like subconsciously, they know that, oh, I should spend more time with these 10 people that matter to me most, right? But then many times when we get caught up in the so-called being successful in life and like work takes over and so on, it's, it tends to be hard to continue invest the time in these relationships and to continue build on these habits. What do you do to find that time and make sure that you actually action on these things despite a crazy schedule going on? 
That's a, it's a great question, Ellie. I think it goes back for me by kind of looking within, right, on what really matters to you, right? So you have to first define, like, keep going back to what does success really mean for you, right? And what does, what's your definition of success? It has to be self-authored. It can't be social or it can't just be because it's a cool thing to do, right? So once you define what your, what your success definition is, you then work backwards from it and say, listen, what would get me there? And I can, I can bet you, right, whatever your success definition is, I think the two things that are always critical to whatever you want to achieve in life is one is learning, uh, which is learning new things and truly learning and not being in the illusion of competence on learning. And the other is relationships and just the network. And, and, and again, these relationships take time and effort. So one is don't just assume you have deep relationships, right? The exercise that I just told you, the look in the mirror around the, the relationships that, that really matter to you. How many of these are you actually, are relationships that you're actually investing in? Right. So I'd ask myself that question. And so if this is important to what you really want to achieve in life, then you have to make the time and space for it. And also this is, uh, to me, it's a bit of a virtuous cycle, right? It it gives you energy. As you build relationships, as you contribute, as you add value to people's lives, a lot of this comes back. It's serendipity, right? It'll just, it'll come back in multiple factors of that to your life. And then it kind of the, going back to the spin wheel, it it starts spinning again. So the reason you call it a flywheel is that you, the more and more you invest in these relationships and these habits and purposeful learning and so on, then the more that comes back in the form of success in the way that you have defined success for yourself if you invest in the right relationships and habits and so on. Absolutely, right? Which is, uh, so I'll tell you just, uh, I'll give you two examples, right? The, the most interesting opportunities I have, have had in my life professionally have happened by just serendipity. Now, you could call it serendipity or you could call it planned serendipity, but it happened because of relationships and networks and somebody felt I could do something interesting with my life and, and somehow the, the stars met and the connections happened, right? Now, this wasn't completely planned, but this was I was investing in relationships and building networks and that kind of helped me, right? So that's one. That's one way the flywheel spins and creates opportunities for you. The other is learning, right? Which is the best learning that I've had is through people. And this is conversations. This is advice. This could be reference of books. This could be... Uh, connecting me to other people, but that's how you learn, right? So that's what I call the, the flywheel, right? Which is as it, spin, as it spins, right? As you get to know more and more people, as you have deeper relationships, as you learn new and newer skills, the, 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 the flywheel spins, right? And the opportunities only increase, right? And if I go back to my five things, race to the power of luck, these five things in a way are your luck surface area. The more, the more you can expand these five, the more you can learn, the more relationships you build, the more you simplify your life, the more you keep showing up, you're increasing your chances of being lucky in life, right? And that that's mm. how the flywheel spins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially the part about keep showing up. I love that part because it's something that many people just don't do. And they, as you said, like they fire themselves before others get the chance to do so. So um, that's a very, very good point. And which of these, like, do you think they are all proportionate and they all like have the same impact? Or if someone would start by investing in one of these and really dedicate um, time and effort into one of these, which one would you think has an exponential effect on on luck? That's interesting, man. Um, I would say the, the, the core here is the growth mindset. And I'll tell you my personal story, right? I mean, I grew up in, in the classic Indian schooling system where I was, I was taught or I don't know how I learned, right? Which is you're either smart or you're aren't. Right. And the only way to be smart is to make sure that you don't fail. Right. Because the moment you fail, you will become a failure and you're not a smart person, which is exactly the wrong way to look at it. Right. And right, is none of this is carved in stone and you have to work for your intelligence and you have to work for your smarts every day. You're not blessed with it or 
Um, so I think that, uh, going back to this point, right, which is I think that is the core to it, right? If you don't believe your identity and your your emotions and your intellect and and your learning ability constantly has to be worked on, then pretty much everything else kind of falls through the cracks, right? Because you'll never really give it the the energy that it deserves, right? So I would say start with the growth mindset, right? It just constantly, constantly get better on your, if you want to get better at your craft every day, if you get up every morning saying, listen, I want to do something different. I want to learn something different. And this could be interactions, people, conversations, focused learning, reading, whatever, right? Writing, whatever floats your boat. I think that to me is the most important aspect. And then the other things flow from there. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. We have another um, power read on Tiger Hall by Stacey McCarthy, who used to lead Boeing. And she says that with self-awareness and growth mindset, just add the word yet. So I'm not good at this yet, or I don't know how to do this yet. And I think that's a fantastic, just simple and easy way to start implementing a growth mindset. So very, very I, true. I, I, I'm so glad you said this, right? I mean, just a related point is, which is, so when you fail, is that an incident or is that an identity, which is, I failed at doing this or versus I'm a failure. I think that's just a, our minds will push us to believe that you're a failure or I'm a failure, but you have to kind of decouple that and say, listen, like exactly like the way you said it, right? I, I'm a, I'm not successful on this yet, but I'll get yeah. there. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean I cannot be successful at it. So exactly. that's an important distinction. Yeah. And not thinking that you are your work. Also, I think many people think that if they are failing in, in work, that's them and that's their identity. And especially with founders or business owners, right? They think they are the company. So I think that's an important thing to do as well. And not put that together and make it your identity, as you said. Keep your identities really small. Keep it really small in your mind. Right. Which is yeah. because at the end of the day, all we are is, and I keep going back to this, right? The five stories that we tell ourselves in our minds about ourselves. I'm good at this, I'm bad at this, I suck at this, and blah, 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 right? That's all, right? And a lot of this is just truly fiction, right? So you have to be very clear. Keep your identity really, really small because then you can constantly evolve and iterate and improve and change and and, and move around with it. Exactly. Yeah, I heard someone who did a test on growth mindset with kids and they asked two groups of kids, like, can you play the piano? And one group said, no, I can't. And the other group said, I don't know because I've never tried. And that's how they identify like growth mindset very, very early on, right? So, um, so I think that's super interesting. But to wrap it up, like if someone wants to start looking into these different factors, like what would you recommend are three easy steps to get started? Let's say we give someone 24 hours to start getting into these five areas. What do you recommend as actionable steps? Sorry, I don't have tax to kind of solve for this in 24 hours. It takes a little bit more time, but I'll, I'll still give you three <laughs> ideas. I think the first one is start by looking within. I think you've got to work as hard on your inner life as you do on your outer life, right? And we just tend to forget that, right? You have to constantly ask yourself these questions that we've been talking about. What floats your boat? What matters to you? What are you willing to sacrifice and for what? Don't live your life on an autopilot, right? Don't just keep running this race without even realizing what the destination is, right? So start, start there. And I think a couple of practices that help me do that. One is meditation, um, but I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not recommending, recommending meditation. Any form of mindfulness or any practice that allows you to pay close attention to what you're experiencing is helpful, right? And I can't exaggerate the impact of any of these exercises to kind of um, help you bring clarity of thought in your mind. The second is um, the second practice that I follow on this to kind of looking within is um, I highly recommend um, this uh, this ritual of morning pages by Julia Cameron and I love love that if you haven't read the book The Artist's Way I'd highly recommend it but she recommends something called the morning pages which is stream of conscious writing which is you get up in the morning and you just write two or three pages 
about what's going on in your mind and you never read that again and nobody else is supposed to read it <laughs> and it is just incredibly powerful right so the way i kind of think about this is reading and learning kinds of kind of helps me discover the thought, discover the dots writing and journaling help me helps me connect the dots right so i think those are the practices on looking within the second advice i'll have is um, think about learning in a different way it's not about an odd book here and there right this illusion of competence that we've spoken about on learning just cultivate range in terms of what you read and who you meet and how you learn and i've spoken about the four step process but when you learn think about the inside just kind of take a step back reflect on it synthesize it think about mental models think about principles uh, charlie munger talks about this beautifully right which is as you build the lattice work of mental mental models in your mind that's when you can really apply knowledge and then test it right so i think just think about learning and constantly in a different way and then third is relationships we've spoken about this be purposeful invest in these relationships right uh, and it could be professional relationships it could be personal relationships as i said some of the biggest opportunities in my life have come through planned serendipity driven by the relationships i invested in i never invested in them assuming something will lead to something but kind of keep that in mind and then finally apart from these three things i think 20 years of kind of running this race or climbing the ladder if you will i think one thing i realized is success or failure do not matter for the quality of your life right what matters is your capacity for delight right your capacity mm. to be in the moment and feel joy and happiness right and that is just the gift of being present right so don't postpone joy there isn't something out there that will make you happy and fulfilled uh, none of these things that i've said will suddenly change your life so you have to constantly make sure that you're in the moment and and you're truly feeling joy and have the capacity for delight